Hello, hello, hi. Welcome to An Absolute Gag, the podcast where I like to talk to people about the moments or performances that left them speechless. I'm Tommy Bullington, and oh, y'all are back. Oh, look at that. Dale, Dale, they're back. Yeah, why don't you just put the put the baked beans in the oven and bring out the, the crackers and the cheese whiz and some bologna to make a charcuterie? <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I got some feedback from Armand. He did not like that segment. Um, I'm so excited to have you back. Today's episode I'm really thrilled about because... It's a little different for everyone. That's because my guest today is Drew Johnson. He is an actor. He's a podcaster. He's the co-host of the podcast, You Simply Must, with somebody named Landry Fleming. Shout out to Landry. She's not listening to this. (laughs) I know you're not listening. But anyway, Drew brought to me a gag that is far beyond just like so different than anything else anybody else has done yet. And I'm really thrilled. He kept on being like, oh, I don't know if this goes with the vibe of your show or, you know, I don't know if this is right. And I said, Drew, listen, I was like, a gag is a gag no matter what it's in. Don't pull over. There's a siren outside. This is going great. This is really going well. <laughs> I've got sirens. I've got cats meowing. We're we're killing it right now. <laughs> oh, what a week. What a week. First of all, thank you so much for all the kind words. Again, all the wonderful messages. We've got reviews up on iTunes. I have reviews. When nothing is happening, I have reviews. So thank you to those who have reviewed. I appreciate it. I encourage all of you all to go on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave us a five-star, please, wink, wink, review, so we could get some more attention and so that mama can get that advertising money. (laughs) Let me do some advertising for Manscaped. I want to do it. They're not sponsored. (laughs) So, before we get into the interview, let's talk about our charity focus of the week. What's interesting about it is that it kind of is involved with our gag of the week. It kind of goes with it. So, our charity focus of the week is the Edgewater Castle Football Club. Yeah, that's right. Football. Not, Not like... Amer- not like American football, but uh, football, soccer. <laughs> so it's a soccer club currently for currently for adult men, but they're working. They're starting a women's team and a youth program. They're very new. It's a club soccer team located in Edgewater that is created to bring together talented players from the far north side of Chicago and allow these players, which, as you know, soccer is largely it's not really a sport that's like truly based here in the U S or given the attention that other sports are given in the U S. So when there is soccer somewhere in the U S a lot of immigrants feel a connection to home. It's very personal to them. And 
this football club gives them the opportunity to play, you know, their, their home sport, the sport that they love so much. Uh, club soccer is typically a very expensive undertaking in this country, and Edgewater Castle's nonprofit status allows them to offer a place for these players to play at a high level for no cost at all. So it's a really, really great program. I, I bring the attention back to the statement about soccer is not U.S. a focused sport as much. So I do love the idea of having something that people who aren't aren't U.S. born give them the opportunity to do something that they love and do it for free. That's really nice. It's it's a really really great intention, and it's a great club. Drew is a member of it. There are some other uh, members of the Chicago theater community that are involved, which is really really awesome. Um, so. This is our charity focus of the week. You can go to their website at www.edgewater. You know how to spell that. Castlefc.com. And that is our charity focus of the week. So I'm so excited to get into my interview, y'all. Again, this is such a cool, cool different gag like this is so exciting and i learned so much i learned so much i'm doing this mainly because i'm a dummy and people need to educate me so <laughs> and drew did drew educated me so let's go on to my interview with drew johnson and his absolute gag Oh, it's episode six now. Oh, it's episode six now. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the pod. Where'd you go? Did you take a little break? Did you take a little walk around the neighborhood? Because I know you didn't go anywhere. Uh, I'm so excited to have with me tonight as my guest. He's a dear friend of mine. He is a podcaster himself. He co-hosts a podcast, You Simply Must, with somebody named Landry Fleming. I've never heard of her. Uh, Nobody knows who she is. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also a really incredible actor, uh, not only in the Chicago area, but he's a regional actor just about anywhere and everywhere that'll go. You also probably, like me, have seen him on ads on Facebook. Was it an L? G or Whirlpool ad? Which one was it? Uh, it you're putting me on the spot here. It was <laughs> GE. GE. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast Drew Johnson. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are wow. you? What an intro. I, you know, <laughs> bad, but what else, you know, what else do you do? <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. I know. It is crazy, but. You know, at least the weather's nice, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, sp- I spend so much time uh, alone by myself, anyways. <laughs> uh, 
that this has really kind of uh, sort of leaned into my my tendencies in a real bad way. <laughs> so pretty much COVID and the whole quarantine has been an enabler for you. Yeah. Oh, like... absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleep I'm... till noon. Sure. Fine. <laughs> what else do you have to do? <laughs> I wish I could do that, honestly. But yeah. I can for like, I can lie always. <laughs> Just be like, yes, I was awake. Yeah, I was, I was working. Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> I um, I'm so excited that you're here because I kind of have deemed you. You don't know this. I've kind of deemed you the godfather of the pod because oh. you taught me like so much podcasting knowledge. <laughs> I like the way that you just wiped your forehead. <laughs> no, it's true because I w- I've wanted to do this for years and years and years and I was so lucky enough to be a guest on You Simply Must Twice. Yeah. Uh, which uh, the first time I went, I told you, I was like, if you can you like show me like all this stuff? And you showed me how to like work a lot of stuff and and now that the world's shut down, I was like, I finally have the time. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for being here, Godfather of the Pod. <laughs> of course, of course. That I, that night that we recorded that podcast, mm-hmm. um, I think that was the one where you brought. It was like a wrestling thing. Yes. That because yeah. you simply must. We we uh, we essentially alternate turns forcing the other person to mm-hmm. do something we love that we assume they've never done and if we have a guest which you know, these days happens maybe once a year um <laughs> <laughs> uh the guest will often bring something and so you brought a uh, a wrestling match that like a specific wrestling match mm-hmm. that you love yep yep so um, we, we did that. That was great. You like we we were all near tears talking about this wrestling match because it's emotional. Yeah, it was. It was really emotional. Um, and then afterwards, I, I was showing you how to edit stuff, but it was this feeling. I, I get this anxiety when like I'm having people over for a party and people show up and I'm like not quite yeah. done. It's yeah. that same anxiety of like. Oh, um, so, okay, yes, um, so then we open this, you, like, over-explain everything and feel self-conscious about everything that you're doing, and I had a bunch of stuff go wrong with the files that night, I remember, and I was, yeah, oh, man. You got really nervous for a second, let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you, so last night I was editing, uh, uh, the podcast, uh, the episode that will drop before you, I have the lovely Ryan Stamager. Oh, nice. And I, I got done literally, I mean, right at the end. And then all of a sudden, I tried to add on some effect for whenever I say book of gags. I have like a reverb. And I tried to add that on and I did, but it froze while doing that. And Audacity was like, nah, girl, I'm uh. not. <laughs> And I was like, no, but yeah. it recovered. And I was like, okay, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. So yeah, doing that in front of you was, I was a nightmare <laughs> for me. And I remember Jacqueline telling my, my wife, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. uh, telling me afterwards that she thought that I did sort of a bad job socially, <laughs> that I, that you were giving me cues that you wanted to leave and that I wasn't picking up on this. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> How dare she? I never give those cues. Are you, Are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm not alone right now. This is great. <laughs> it's like people are near me. I'm like a dog. I just yeah, like, yeah. I need humans around mm-hmm. me. Uh, Drew, what is your absolute gag? Okay. My absolute <laughs> gag is the performance from Lionel Messi during a 2016 soccer match where he played for Argentina against Panama at Soldier Field in Chicago. Yes, Magic Man Messi. Uh, (laughs) Oh, somebody's done his research. (laughs) I did. Listen, okay. So I'm really excited that you did this because this is exactly what I wanted, which is gags exist everywhere and they exist in any type of performance. And when I email people to see if they want to be uh, a guest, I mentioned me, one of my biggest gags in life was the 96 Olympics with the gymnastic female gymnastics team and Carrie Strug and like all of that. I mean, that's a gag. And so when you said this, I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm also so excited because I know nothing about soccer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I did. I didn't know. I didn't know where you stood with, with soccer. I, I respect it. I'll say this. I, I hate the, like the stereotype of like, People being like, oh, sports ball, what's that? And like that kind of stuff. Just because like, I think it just adds into, I actually think it secretly adds into some gender and femme shaming shit that I'm not all about. And so I, I respect all athletes and I'll tell you what, soccer Holy shit. I mean, especially after watching Messi and you introducing him to me, soccer is such a sport about endurance. It's more about like wearing down everybody else but yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's really, um, that's really smart when it comes to specifically how Messi has played through a lot of his career. Mm. Um, part of the, the teams that he has been sort of, sort of most famously part of have, have employed this style of, of play called tiki taka, which is all about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. All about moving the ball around and essentially wearing your opponents out because the ball doesn't get tired, but the defenders will. And so mm. gradually, bit by bit, as they're kind of just running back and forth, trying to chase the ball as you pass it back and forth, mm-hmm. they're going to get tired. And then eventually you can just like run right past them and score. The Tiki Taka room is my favorite. Uh, thing in Disney World. <laughs> oh my God! It's so great. The, the animatronics they have—so good. It's a little racist, but it's good. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drew, tell me, what is it about this exact performance in this exact game that truly leaves you speechless? Yeah. So, Messi is is arguably the greatest player on earth. Uh, right now and arguably sure. the the greatest soccer player ever oh. this this was one of uh you know one of many great games that he's had it like i i don't think anybody would say this is the defining messy game but mm-hmm. it was a great game by him and i was there to see it 
Ah, there it is. Oh, I yeah. love that. That's that's so great. That is so important, right? Because like there are there are a few times where you luck out and you get to witness the performance in person. And that just probably makes it even more special, even more gag worthy, if you yeah. will, that you saw it face to face. You saw it in person. That's incredible. Yeah. And I th- I think that's something um, that I, I really tap into with sports is that so like, uh, you know, a movie, there can be an incredible performance, but mm-hmm. it's we're we're all seeing it. It's it's going to be the same thing forever. Yeah, theater. There's there's fluidity there. It's it it changes, but it changes in subtle ways. But it would come when it comes to something like sports, or maybe even like you know improv or something like that. Sure, it's you. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Right. Um. In, in fact, there's danger in sports because. Yes. <laughs> There's a possibility, especially in soccer, because they are the the amount of times that I cringe from people kicking each other's legs (laughs) and their shins and stuff. I'm just like, I can barely stub my toe and (laughs) move the next day. (laughs) These people are just doing it. And like... I'm just, I admire it and it's, it's incredible, but there is danger when you watch live sports. So now, okay. So kind of paint the scene of this game. Like they're playing Panama. Is Panama like a big deal at the time? What's going on with Messi and his career? Like, is there like a specific extra element to this, to this match? Yeah, so I think at the time he would have been about 29 years old. He's like fully at at his peak. Um one thing that I think sometimes people get that that aren't soccer people kind of get a little confused about is um so this was a a game for Argentina, right? Mm-hmm. This is for his mm-hmm. national team. Just like in the same way this is the way I always connect it. The same way that like the dream team was the U.S. Right. basketball team, but it mm-hmm. had you know people for the Bulls and for the Suns and you know like all these guys who played for different professional teams come together for their national team, right? Right. So this is a an international tournament called the Copa America Centenario. Copa America <laughs> is a tournament that happens. It's changed over the years, but sometimes every two years, sometimes every four years, and essentially crowns the champion of South America. Okay. Um, typically, uh, because South America, as far as like number of countries, is relatively small. Right. Um, they will have the ten countries in South America, and then they'll invite two outside countries uh, oh that's interesting yeah yeah just to kind of like even out the numbers and make it make more sense just from like a tournament standpoint yeah, um, yeah. mexico is often one of those teams the u.s has been part of it a number of times um but it, it varies that and they had one in 2015 but in 2016 it was the 100 year anniversary of the confederation that represents all these south american uh, teams and mm. of the Copa America. So that's mm-hmm. why they had this centenario or like centenary uh, celebration. Right. Right. Um, th- for some reason, the U S hosted it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
there was a lot of criticism over this just being a bit of a money grab. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but um, the U.S. hosted it. And it was like spread across like 10 different cities all across the country. Uh, mm-hmm. Much like when, when a World Cup happens, you know, it's like there's a host country, but right. the games are played all throughout the country. Right. Um, it's sort of World Cup format. And by what that by that, I mean, um, there is what's called a group stage where the teams are divided into four team groups. And then yep. you play each of the other three teams in your group once. And then at the end of that group stage, standings are created based on, you know, how, how many games you won, how many games you lost, drew, whatever. <laughs> um, I For a second, I thought you were talking about yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like a draw. Draw. Like a tie. (laughs) Yes. Not my name. My stupid brain. Continue. (laughs) Well, that's part of my brand is I just, I have to drop my name every five minutes just to make sure everybody remembers who I am. I guess I would like a Venti Drew uh, (laughs) Cappuccino. (laughs) Uh but so, okay. So, I mean, this is a historic thing. It's a historic tournament that's happening. Did it happen just in Soldier Field or were they playing all over the states? No, there were, there were nine other stadiums that they played in. Oh, um, okay. Soldier Field hosted four matches throughout the tournament. And actually, I got like in the months leading up. I think I was just like, I was kind of keeping my eyes on, you know, on the ticket situation. It felt like, oh, surely this is going to be so expensive. And I maybe I set like an alarm on StubHub or something, you know, if tickets go below this price, whatever. Been there. <laughs> and I got an alarm or a notification that you could get a, a pass that would get you into all four of the matches for $27 on StubHub. Now, even $27 per ticket seemed way too cheap for me yeah and 27 dollars for all of them seemed like they're fake yeah pure insanity (laughs) but i did go ahead and get those and the first match that i went to they were real it turns out they were real so i got to see four of these matches uh for what like around seven bucks a a game That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. It was amazing. And one of the matches uh, the U.S. played, so we got to see the the home team. One of the matches was like the semifinal of the tournament, Mm -hmm. uh, which featured uh, Colombia. And my best friend is Colombian. So that was like really fun. And yes. So anyways, so this was one of the group stage games. This was the second group stage game of three in the first group stage game. Messi did not play because he um, had, I think, bruised his lower back in a sort of an exhibition match leading up to the tournament. Yeah, I was picking up hints of that in the clips that you sent me. It seemed that there was a reason why he wasn't out in the beginning, and it was making the anticipation for him to come out a huge deal and something that they really that that everybody was like on edge for now did they know that he would probably play this game or no yeah i think the coach leading up to it was kind of saying he made it seem like Messi would start the game Mm -hmm. um despite not playing at all in the previous game and then when the lineup came out 
he was he was on the bench. Um, and for those who don't know, in soccer, you are given three substitutions throughout the match, and that's it. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was as many as you wanted. <laughs> no, and it's and it's basically like once you're subbed out, you're done. So like, so oh. subs are you know you're not guaranteed to get in the game this isn't like wow. basketball or football or something mm-hmm. like that where you know mm-hmm. players are kind of coming in and out the whole time yeah even baseball like the amount of like the um, pitchers you know waiting mm-hmm. in the dugout and stuff like that i mean you could get multiple at a in a game so that's no, there's crazy. a limit here i didn't yeah. know that Ooh. yeah so we you know we had we we didn't know if we would get to see him play or not and this is you know this is michael jordan this is Michael Jordan and you live in Moscow and he's (laughs) (laughs) some, you know, there's like a summer basketball tournament where team USA is playing there. And this is the only chance you're ever going to get to see him play. You legitimately don't know if you're ever going to see him in person play again. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get that. And so, yeah, the anticipation was unbelievable. The Panama is, uh, is like a fine team. They're, they're not, terrible but they're they're Mm -hmm. not great they are in central america and so they play kind of in the u.s's region um so we play them a lot but you know they wouldn't normally play argentina necessarily but they were they you know the game starts and um messi's on the bench um argentina scores pretty early like maybe i think it was like the seventh minute or something like that and um but then Panama tightens up and it's a really, uh, a really strong first half. There's like, you know, they're, they're not backing down. Argentina has some of the best players in the world. They're mm-hmm. heavily favored, but it, mm-hmm. it goes to halftime and it's, and it's one nil, but we come back and still no Messi. Messi has not started the second half in, right. in the lineup. And right. so, yeah, in, in the stands, people are or you can feel it you can feel people are getting antsy and like no this is my one chance just put a man just put, put a man <laughs> i think they used the same feed on the screens in the stadium as they did like for the tv feed yeah. and so you know occasionally they would just cut to a shot of messi on the bench yeah. and the crowd would go the wild music. just seeing him on the screen Smiles from a superstar, and if you're wondering why they're suddenly roaring, it's because his face has gone on the big screen. There's one there. There was one that I saw where he like turns his head and just kind of scratches the back of his ear, and people are like, <laughs> "I was like, wow, the power, yeah, oh that yeah, this man has, yes." Um, but then in the 61st minute of the match, mm-hmm. Messi gets substituted in. And the crowd goes, oh, wild. my God, <laughs> we were losing our minds. And you can hear it. I, you know, I just the one thing that you can never take away from any athletic event is like when it's a moment, it's like huge. And the power and the feeling you get from the crowd reacting, like I, I don't know how athletes of any type keep it together because it is chaos. Like when when a moment happens and everybody's just like, oh yeah, it's just like I don't know how they keep it together. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's I I can't imagine that. Oh, not even just the feeling that somebody like Messi, who is like like unto a god on earth in in <laughs> many people's eyes, but but just you know just your average athlete um, mm-hmm. that energy and and being able to kind of keep your own adrenaline down enough to to be able to focus on what you're doing. And that's right. part of what's incredible to me about about these athletes is that they are able to focus on what they're doing and perform at a high level against yeah. other people who are focused and performing at a high who, level who are doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Cuz like I, some of the stuff that Messi does in those highlights that I I sent you. Mhm. I mean, they're they're pretty amazing, but I think they're made even more amazing by the fact that he's playing against guys who are also the best some of the best players in the world yeah it's like it's like what happens when you put incredible skill against incredible skill like it's not boring by any means you know and like i think about for instance to compare it to maybe a sport that some other listeners like listen uh like watch i think about no matter what the finals of say the u.s open and tennis like it's always so thrilling because you're like oh here are two of the best at what they do playing each other and like i I don't i mean the skill (laughs) the skill the wherewithal to be able to handle that i don't know (laughs) it's unbelievable and he like he uh, to to talk about him uh, just sort of as a person and his journey a little more sure he um he grew up uh, in Argentina and was, mm-hmm. and, and part of soccer is, um, like teams get kids involved very early. Like they yes. have like ac- academies that are yes. a- associated with these teams. And so like, you know, he was, I don't like six years old or something when he signed with this academy and started, you know, being trained through that academy, started playing for their, you know, under nine team and their under 11 team and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But by the time he was uh, like 10, I think he um, he was diagnosed with with some sort of like uh, growth hormone uh, disorder, something where he, oh. he he wasn't growing. He was like four foot seven when he was in his early teens. Wow. Um, so he had to start taking growth hormones. And um, part of. Uh, what led him to Barcelona, which is, you know, arguably the, the biggest professional team. So that, cause that's his professional team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the best professional teams in the world is that his home club in Argentina basically couldn't, couldn't pay to cover his, his growth hormone, uh, medicine. Oh, oh interesting. And so he, I mean, he wanted, he was showing a lot of promise and his right. family had some, uh, some, some extended family in the Barcelona area. So they went to Barcelona, um, to, to do a tryout. Um, but that, that is part of what, what led him there is that like they, they agreed to, to pay for, for his medicine as part of his contract to come there. Oh, interesting. That. That's super fascinating that it's truly like an investment, right? Like it's not only just like paying paying for the athlete or anything. It's like investing literal medicine and stuff into them. Uh, was this medicine like on the – was this okay? Was this okay <laughs> that it's like this? 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think this was this was this was not sort of like a, uh, a Bruce Banner situation. He was. <laughs> Remember my frame of re- my frame of reference with sports is pro wrestling. So like I just immediately <laughs> right. was like, oh HGH, right? <laughs> no, I, th- I think oh, this Lord. was uh, this was to help him not not be such okay. a little guy. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and he's he's a very he's known as as like kind of a very shy uh and yes awkward guy okay i got that right away okay first of all if you please google him right now especially the folks on my team uh <laughs> google him right now because <laughs> when i started watching the clip i was like oh drew knows me so well <laughs> <laughs> he walked out. Uh, my first note is ginger beard. Yum. Uh, <laughs> and then I just wrote soccer players are the hottest. He is. <laughs> he's very unassuming. There's not. He's a very like shy is perfect. Like what what you said to describe him because I watched the post post game interview that he had and he has the sweetest little voice. Like he's like he, right after playing such an incredible game and like everything and has every reason to be a winded and be like kind of like bravado that doesn't come across. He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's a fun game. (laughs) (laughs) All in Spanish. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's just like very unassuming. Mm -hmm. And, and even like, if you look up sort of earlier photos of him, he was very awkward. (laughs) Oh, I saw, I saw floppy hair. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Sort of like mushroom bowl cut look for, for years, for years. And he's just a little dude with like so much hair. And he's like a little hobbit. (laughs) He really is. (laughs) But now he's, you know, he's, I feel like he's kind of turned up his style game and his, Oh, the glow up is real. Yeah. Looking at early photos of him. And then now I was like, okay, because he learned, what I've learned years ago, which is that the beard is a man's best friend. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just adding some pictures to my website a couple days ago, and I did this play last summer where they made me shave my beard, and I was like, "Oh god, is that what I look like?" Because oh. he, without it, he has no chin. Like right. his chin is yeah. like disappeared, but when he has it, there's contour, there's a jawline, there's yes, everything. You can kind of create shapes with the beard. Exactly. Like I like to hide my other chins and mm-hmm. I like to mm-hmm. keep it just one with the beard. Yeah. And like he gave himself a chin. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so versatile. So versatile. Um, so, uh, but then back to the game. Mm-hmm. he subs in it's the Sorry. 61st minute no no this i mean this is what it's all about i you know i gotta tell you tommy i i basically at this i've done 209 episodes of you something <laughs> i think i've done more research for this podcast than i've done work for you simply must ever combined <laughs> i love that i love that you've done more work for my podcast than the question of the week it <laughs> like, takes very little work that <laughs> Well, it takes very little work to confuse Landry. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Shots fired. 
Um, so he subs in in the 61st minute. Mm-hmm. And by the 68th minute, he scores a goal. Yes. Um, it was just kind of, it was like a, a, a bad pass by a Panamanian player, like kind of uh-huh. near the Panama goal. And he just is, is opportunistic and, and pops it in the, the left corner. I wrote that down in a note. I said, it's interesting that he comes into the game. And the thing about soccer is that it's all about patience. Like, I think the soccer fans and players have to have extreme patience when waiting for the right moment. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I feel like with basketball, especially basketball, like if you get a player in and they just start sinking threes right away, you know, and just hitting all these amazing jumpers, then you're like, holy shit. But like for this, it feels like it was like waiting and there was a nice buildup. It wasn't right away. He didn't come out the gate and just like score three goals. Like it took a second, but but it was exciting when he did. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I I think soccer is very different from basketball and basketball. I love basketball, but Mm -hmm. basketball is, is very fast paced. Yes. it because it is a uh, it's like less players on the court mm-hmm. one one player can can alter things uh with not with ease but it's it more it more readily altered by one player being subbed in subbed out whatever yeah um soccer because it's it's a big game you've got 11 players on the field you're stretched across this whole field the giant field um the, you know, the goals are hard to score. It's it's harder to do things with the ball with your foot than it is yeah. with your hand, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 very different. And you can kind of see, I mean, he's the best player in the world, but he's not touching the ball constantly. He, you know, no. sometimes he's kind of drifting in space, trying to find a hole. And, um, and I, I think he's a very, I mean, obviously he's an incredibly intelligent player and he knows that he can't just, go take the ball from one of his teammates and run end to end. And that's going to work every time. Yeah. There's something about when you're watching uh, any sport of any kind and you watch like a really great player and they just like, they kind of go to a different place. Like you could tell in their face and in their body and just the way that they're kind of behaving that almost at like, they zone out and go into a whole different world. And that's what I felt with him is that it was very much like he was just watching everybody around him and just waiting for those moments. He didn't like, he didn't force himself in there at any time. He waited for the moment and then was like, and then he struck, you know, it's very, it's very like Sherlock mind. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking, or like a beautiful mind, where it's just like, yeah, they just are like thinking the equations, and you can see it all in their forehead, you know. I, yeah, he's he's fabulous. Like I, like coming from somebody who knows nothing about soccer, I think he's really fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) It's and and it's so. I think it's so easy to see in some of those like those amazing highlights of him having the ball and dribbling through like seven different defenders. And, and that's the stuff where it's like his spatial awareness and just yeah. like the genius of his relationship to his body and where, and like the knowledge of where other people are likely going to go yeah. is unbelievable. There was a, um, there was a clip in one of the highlight reels that you sent me and it's, it, 
it's him when he's younger and they're facing Brazil, I think. Brazil's usually the yellow and blue. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I just, I turned into an ant. I was like, <laughs> you know, the blue and yellow team. Well, he right? was playing the yellow ones and, um, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, they're, they're not the green ones, but no, they're the red the ones, green. you know? The yellow. <laughs> Well, so they like he's coming up and like they kind of back off of him for a second because it do- it just looks like it's going to be impossible for him to like get any closer. And so he just kicks it and then it goes into the goal. Oh, like, yes. I mean, it was amazing that like he still was I, it looked impossible and he still did it like that is that skill <laughs> that yeah and that's kind of the other thing that we haven't really talked about his 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 shooting ability i think mm-hmm. i feel like we've talked about more of his dribbling side of things his passing side of things but his next goal that he scores in the 78th minute is off of a free kick free kicks are when like a foul happens or an offside happens or something mm-hmm. um and so the you know play is stopped the ball is placed on the ground wherever mm-hmm. the foul occurred mm-hmm. uh everybody has to back off i think it's like 10 feet away from the ball it's the part where a bunch of players like form like a wall and hide their no-no parts yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like i love that it's every every like form of soccer like even female soccer they're like they're just holding down oh, below yeah. and you're like they're protecting <laughs> yeah your job is to block the ball yeah and it's not <laughs> going to be good if it goes right into your junk um yeah so they 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 form you know they've formed the wall it's maybe like 25 yards out from the goal and Messi obviously is going to take the free kick um and it was probably the best goal i've ever seen in person just this this beautiful free kick up into the top right corner the goalkeeper had no chance of reaching it uh it's beautiful it's incredible it looks like it literally looks like there's a magnet on top of the the goal, just like dragging it across the top of the net. Yeah, it just like it just like rolls across the top, and that's actually I've, in the highlight reels I was watching. That's a few of his shots. He could get up so close to the top of the goal and just like sink it right in there. Like it's right, and incredible. because that's that's going to be the hardest place for a goalkeeper. Yeah. to reach it if you put it on the extremes but you're also risking overshooting or you know shooting it off yeah. the side or whatever so that's the danger but he he's just so skilled that you know who cares <laughs> <laughs> would you say that he is the modern day pele yeah i mean yeah. absolutely i i think that pele is like the other person that you can make an argument is the greatest of all time yeah but um and there there's another gentleman that we can talk about named Cristiano Ronaldo who is Oh, can we talk about <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tommy knows about Ronaldo. Oh, do I know Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> I'll tell you what my Google search history. <laughs> they know Cristiano. Ronaldo. Yeah. He's a hunk. He's um, a hunk. They and all he are. Is, uh, he's a, a contemporary of Messi's. He's he's still playing. He's like maybe two or three years older than Messi. Um, and they played in the same professional league for uh, much of their careers. Now, uh, Ronaldo has moved on to an Italian team, but they yes. both were playing um, in, in the Spanish league, La Liga, um, 
Ronaldo for Real Madrid and Mm -hmm. Messi for Barcelona, the two biggest teams in the league, arguably the two biggest teams in the world, and just like had these constant clashes between those two. And Ronaldo is incredible. He's, I mean, he's, he's very, very good, but he's, he's a very different player than Messi. And I think that, that Messi, um, you know, we talked about him being kind of this shy, reserved figure and Ronaldo is very much the opposite of that. He's, he's kind of, this braggadocio and you know yes he's a he's a pretty boy he's flashy like yeah absolutely i think about i wrote down another note about messi where i said i've seen his band play at a bar uh, because (laughs) (laughs) because he gives me that energy like he should be a a rod rod tough curls and yeah like he just has that kind of energy to him he's kind where, of he's like the shy bass player right whereas ronaldo is like for for me to associate to something i understand is the nature boy nit- <laughs> the, the nature boy rick flair he's like Woo! yeah he's, high flying <laughs> wheeling dealing kiss dealing. He's, he's everything so it is an interesting dynamic but i think that happens a lot in sports like you get these great players that are either these like big personalities and that we all like know and that have like an energy about them and then you get the ones who are incredibly skilled but are a little more quiet and just kind of like you know reserved to keep to themselves and stuff like that and i i find that fascinating in all athletics like you can point to a ton of them in any sport well and and like the I, we've been talking a lot about skill but one of, one of the greatest things about sport is is the stories it's it is yeah. professional wrestling it's yes. just happening naturally yeah um, <laughs> it's not planned but it, <laughs> <laughs> like i i know you know with with my wife Jacqueline, mm-hmm. she's she's not a a natural soccer fan, um, right. but she's you know she's a good sport and she'll watch games with me from time to time, um, and with that or you know football or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that she finds it more compelling when she knows like a handful of sort of storylines or like knows yes. what's going on with this person ahead of time in it, and which ultimately like that's it's professional wrestling. It's, it's, it's wanting to know what the motivation behind mm-hmm. these physical feats. Yeah. What that is. It's, it's, uh, it's the same energy that I know for a fact that she and I put into watching the housewives. We need to know all the storylines that are happening. Yes. And like, I, the other thing that I think everybody can kind of get with as far as sports and, and athletic events, um, nothing beats seeing an athletic event live, no matter what. That energy is just out of this world, you know? Like, I, I was at an event this past November there, like, I felt like the building was gonna fall down because everybody was so, pumped and literally the whole building was like shaking yeah we were all excited about this one moment and this one thing and what i find amazing about soccer or say football is there's no enclosement that's all in the open and yet you still feel like it is like shaking like the whole building is shaking yeah i think that like atmosphere is is what really brought me into to soccer sure um I played some sports growing up. I was never like 
particularly good at anything, but played sports, enjoyed sports, enjoyed Preach. watching. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed watching sports. Yes. And so like in high school, I helped start this, you know, group of uh, goobers who would paint up at football games. <laughs> and in college, I was part of a group of goobers who would paint up at basketball games. Um, I can't believe that both your high school and college mascot were the goobers. We were the goobers. <laughs> South Alabama goobers. <laughs> kind of works. That actually is pretty accurate. <laughs> no, we, we were the Jaguars, and they had a live Jaguar on campus until the 70s when it escaped and wandered <laughs> around campus one day. <laughs> so that was no more. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> can you that, imagine? Can you imagine walking to class and seeing a Jaguar? No, I would. Oh, God, I would be so scared. <laughs> I already get nervous when people are like the Bulldogs and they have like a Bulldog. Right. Like, like Georgia, you know, yeah. I'm always mm-hmm. just like that poor dog. <laughs> it's He's so hot. <laughs> He's so high. He's stressed. Like <laughs> there's a ton of people around him. He can't handle this. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, at- atmosphere, yeah, and like being part of sporting events, you know, because I I couldn't physically be part of the sporting event on the court mm-hmm. or field. And frankly, I think I have too much performance anxiety uh, with that sort of thing to oh. to do it, anyways. Amen. I oh, oh could not. Um, um, but that that soccer is such a big. Um, there's so much pageantry there's so like Mm -hmm. so i'm a big chicago fire soccer fan yeah and the like supporter section is there they've got drums and trumpets and they're singing songs and they're do and that that's all part of the atmosphere yeah and that really really pulled me in right for those who don't know like i at the top of the episode was singing a pretty famous like chant uh any like uk like or over in europe kind of game you're probably gonna hear some form of that yeah like the oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah also i mean australia you got all that stuff and like it's so fun I, i that's what i love most about soccer is um just like wrestling we have chants that we do at every match at every show that like gets the gang like it gets the the energy up and i think it's because not so much with wrestling but like with soccer it's keeping the crowd like keeping the energy going because as i said before it's a very patient game like you have to wait before anything like huge and before you really start to feel the game turn right Mm -hmm. you know you gotta like wait it out and so to keep your energy up and everything they got all those chants and all those songs that they sing to like get the crowd going and i I think that like a, a a smart um experienced uh soccer crowd um like i i feel like you they they will applaud and and get excited by things that aren't visually particularly exciting sure. but they understand to be a good a good sound smart play by whatever player you know yes. and that's interesting to me too is when 
thousands of people know enough about the game that they're able to kind of say like, oh, that very small, seemingly insignificant thing. Good play on that. Yeah. He, um, the other thing that I thought was so incredible was the ball would just come into his area. Like, I mean, just where he was standing and the audience, the crowd just lost their minds. Like, yeah. no matter what, yeah. I mean, it would just like roll kind of near him and everybody would be like, ah! <laughs> It was Messi's night. I mean, it, uh, you, uh, basically everyone in the stadium was wearing a Messi jersey. Uh, uh, it was just, you know, it was it was all about him, which must have been bizarre for the other players. I, though I guess right. if you play with Messi, maybe you're used to it. But again, these yeah. are some of the best players in the world that are on his team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, are stars in their own right. But, you know, here it's like, this is our chance to see Messi. How how long is the usual like soccer players tenure in in the sport? Um, you can you can kind of creep up near forty. I mean, it, it depends oh, really? on on the player, but yeah, um, but yeah, like kind of like late thirties is usually where where they'll wrap it up. How much longer do you think he's gonna stay? Maybe maybe like five or six more years. I mean, oh, you know, okay, we'll see, we'll see. But he, I mean, there's actually like a big to do happening at this moment that actually has kind of happened since I suggested this topic. <gasps> oh, he's, he's been with Barcelona since 2001. I think it was, it was mm-hmm. uh, something a long time ago. No, even before that, maybe 97 or something. Um, and he has apparently asked to be let go of his contract and, and move on. Oh, scandal. Where's- yes. Any hint as to where he might go or like what other club or whatever? Yeah, there are a few rumors. There, there's uh, Manchester City where uh, his former coach at Barcelona, Pep Guardiola, is. And they're a big deal. Am yeah, I they right? Are. Yeah, they are. Okay. They've kind of become a big deal in the last 10 yes. years because they got purchased by an ownership group that has an endless supply of money, uh, seemingly. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which hello i mean that's Pro- part of it i guess professional sports across yeah. the board that's <laughs> always what it is <laughs> um and i've heard some people talk about the uh, team in italy and you know various wow. various places um that's crazy so it's like jordan going to the wizards it's, it's, it is it's, it feels very much like that i mean we'll see it, it could yeah. all just be sort of a, a a ploy to get you know some of the higher-ups that have sort of been making things not great for him out of there. Um, so it's a developing story. It, it, I'm sure it will all be totally different by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> I'm putting a Google news alert just in case. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll um, so I, I don't think we've gotten to the, the final goal. No, no, please tell me about the final goal. Yes. So the final goal uh, by Messi mm-hmm. was um, in the 87th minute. Um, once again, uh, a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a sloppy pass from Panama. I think it goes off of uh, an Argentinian player's face yeah. yes. and then sort of <laughs> lands at Messi's feet. And once again, he just he's uh, he's an experienced enough player that, like, he just puts the ball away uh, when he has it. Um, so, yeah. So the, a hat trick, which is an uncommon thing for sure. And for him to have done it coming in in the 61st minute or whatever it was is yeah. pretty incredible. Well, does he, I mean, it seems like he does a hat trick a lot because that's 
why I I'm assuming that's why there's so many like magic references with them. Like I mean, there's like it's, it's oh that's sort of a magic know, cat thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've actually <laughs> never connected that. I guess I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I was thinking about it because like in some of the clips you sent me, he uh, this was one of a few that were like this game, the hat trick in this game were just one of a few that he's done in the past and stuff. Yeah. It seems like oh, a common. Yeah. yeah. And how many, that's three for three. Yeah. Or, or just, just three, three goals in a game. Yeah. Oh, just three goals in a game. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Which also, this is the other thing about soccer. Uh, you think like, if you know nothing about the sport and you come in and you see it, uh, just like the big goals at the end and the ball, and you're like, "Well, this this should be easy, right?" <laughs> <laughs> A big goal and like yeah. this little ball well, should be easy. <laughs> no, it's incredibly difficult. It is so hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And which makes it so amazing. I mean, he. Yeah. I looked this up earlier with Barcelona. He's played. I think it was like he's played like 485 matches with Barcelona and he scored like, yeah, 485 appearances, 444 goals by an an unbelievable rate of scoring. He, he averages almost a goal per game, which is like that, that doesn't happen. No, that's unheard of. And that's not taking into account like games that he probably sat out of or that he wasn't in or like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh boy. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Um, yeah. So, and then he, a, f- a couple minutes after that last goal yes. of his, he he sets up another goal with this beautiful pass, this like, you know, like 50 yard pass yeah. kind of over the defense. And um, uh, he technically he doesn't get the assist because it bounces off somebody else before it gets to the goal scorer. Right. But it, he's, he's the one that set that up. It was uh, what I like to call a bing, bang, boom. Which <laughs> <laughs> He did the big, the guy did the bang, and the other guy did the boom into the goal. <laughs> Bump set spike, baby. Yes, there it is. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, yeah. Now, and, and yeah. I have, ahead. no, I just, I, I have a question just to kind of relate it back to some of my uh, previous episodes. If we were to right now do a messy film, like a biopic, who would you cast as Messi? Oh heavens! <laughs> um, well, he's got to be short. Yes. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know who. Who do you do? You have any thoughts? In his prime, in his prime, it absolutely would have been Tom Cruise because yes, yes, because of how short he is, because of his ability with the floppy hair, <laughs> like yes, would, yes. and his intensity i feel like it is prime it would have been top cruise maybe now like i don't know because obviously i would want it to be somebody of spanish heritage or you know uh argentinian and i don't know that's i just i just wanted to to see (laughs) if i if i were to pull like an american actor because yeah i also don't have like a long list of south american actors uh, (laughs) At the top of mind, but let's say this is a Hollywood movie and they're definitely yeah. going to just cast somebody that they already know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Elijah Wood. <gasps> oh, I love that. 
I love that. Oh, I think that'd be great. Yeah, he's I, like a little guy. Yeah, I also think maybe like a Tom Holland kind of feel. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, he yeah. could play young Messi. Yeah, yeah, totally. He could be young Messi. And then they just CGI old on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I found out through through doing research for this? Through mm-hmm. creating my six pages of, of notes? <laughs> God what? bless you. I love oh, my this. God. I love um, this like roughly 60% of Argentina's population is either fully or partially Italian yes. in, in heritage. I did. I mean, I knew that that was, mm-hmm. you know, like that was certainly a contingent there, but over 60%. Yeah. I had no, and Messi, Messi is among them. Messi is, is largely yeah, Italian. Because he does heritage. have like, if you didn't know, you would think like there's some Italian to him. Like he looks, they have very similar features. They have very similar like, uh, like body shapes and stuff like that. Just yeah. like it just kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. But now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and it started in like the I think the the exodus there happened in like the late 1800s to the early right. 1900s and right I don't, I don't know any any of that type of stuff i just kind of I don't, my gut is like well it's got to be like a like a world war ii thing or yeah. something but but no it just kind of started happening just in the 1800s like and now yeah so now there are all these argentinian soccer players all over that when i first hear their names i assume they're italian and then later find out that they're right. from argentina <laughs> Oh, the melting pot of the mm. world. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? I, I I didn't actually watch the um, highlights of the Copa America match. I wa- I actually watched yeah. the full thing today. Yes. Um, but I in the highlights, did it have the the guy who ran onto the field in the highlights? No, they didn't. They didn't have that. So as time expires and and Argentina has won five nil, though I will say for their part, Panama played a really solid match and deserved much better than five nil. The the uh, announcers or the commentators made sure to especially say that they were like, it was no fault of them that they they got just a. If you didn't know any better, you'd be like, well, they were slaughtered. And it's like, yeah, yeah. no, they really weren't. They, it was 1-0 for a long, long time. Yeah, it was 1-0 <laughs> until the greatest player ever to play the game got dubbed in. Oops. Um, but yeah, so the game the game is ending and a young guy like looks like he's maybe 20 or something mm-hmm. runs onto the field. And we, of course, see him, you know, pounced on by security immediately he was trying to get to Messi. he's wearing a messy barcelona jersey um and as he's literally being handcuffed Messi goes over and gives him a little like hug and kind of like pat on the back of the head and um, <laughs> oh i love him so much <laughs> but he that happens to him all the time i think in the I next bet. match somebody tried tried to do the same thing with they came out with a sharpie mm-hmm. and he actually like while they had to stop play he was he signed the the shirt the guy was wearing handed him the sharpie back before the security could get to the guy and right. then the guy ran away you know with his freshly signed messy shirt that is unbelievable you know that really is a testament to they are rock stars uh, oh yeah i mean just the fact that soccer is definitely not like it's definitely not the most focused on 
athletic event here in the the states in fact it's it's kind of a butt of jokes in a lot of ways yeah because we can't do it we immediately are like it's bad and you're like like, no we're just not as great (laughs) so but anyway um the fact that we still have an awareness of some soccer players and soccer stars in a place that does not focus on it really is a testament to their star power. Like, yeah. I mean, the fact that I mention Pele, and I mean, I've never seen a match of his, I've never seen him play, but I just know the name. Like, yeah. it's like, and I mean, it's, it's the same, I guess you could say, as like a David Beckham or like a Cristiano Ronaldo, where it's like, I don't know them. I don't know their, I haven't watched every match that they've been in or, you know, seen a lot of their, their games, but I do know them, which is a testament to how big of a star they are. And I think actually what's incredible about Messi's popularity and fame is that unlike a Beckham or a Ronaldo, whose uh, popularity is based both on their expertise on the field but also because they're like really handsome guys and really play into sort of that playboy type you know (laughs) Messi has has little sort of interest or personality or you know like he's like he's (laughs) he just looks like the sweetest fifth grade teacher that like (laughs) Probably all the kids think it's the coolest. (laughs) It's like if the janitor's mopping up and you're playing a little soccer and the ball rolls over to him and then suddenly he's the best player on earth. (laughs) I love it. I also love that in some of those early clips that you sent over of him, uh, it fully looks like a a child who has yet to hit puberty. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like... His jersey's too big. His hair's too big. Yeah. And it just looks like all the other players are yelling out loud, why yada? <laughs> As he's stealing their ball. <laughs> it's the deadest, the menace of soccer. <laughs> uh, I love this. Any last things about him that you want to touch on or that like you think are important to address in his, his performance? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that one of the most tragic parts of Messi's story is mm. that his country has never fully embraced him in many ways. Um, Ooh. that, um, because he moved, I think partly because he moved away from Argentina to Spain at a very young age, yeah. but also because, um, they had, um, the greatest player on earth at that time, Diego Maradona in like the eighties and early nineties. Okay. Yes. Um, and, um, and he is like a God in Argentina and Messi will be forever compared to Maradona. Um, Maradona is a, was a very different man. He's all sorts of drug stuff is, is very, he's a very wild man. Um, and Messi is very different from that. <laughs> yeah. I just love that he just is this like good boy amongst all these bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think and 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 in fact after this tournament, 
After the Copa America Centenario in 2016, they ended up making it to the final, but they lose to, to Chile. It's actually their second Copa America in a row that they lose to Chile in the, in the final. Wow. He's only ever, for Argentina, he's only ever won one Olympics, which actually like the Olympics in the soccer world are not really a focus. Not, it's not seen as that big of a deal. Yep. Um, but he's like, he's never been able to win a World Cup or a Copa America. He's won all kinds of titles for Barcelona. I think he's won 33 different trophies of, of some sort for Barcelona. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but for his country, he's, n- he's never been able to seal the deal. So at the end of this tournament, when they lose to Chile, he actually announced he was retiring from, um, international football from, from playing for Argentina. Oh. Now, a week later, I think maybe the emotions came down a little bit. People were begging him to stay and he, he changed his mind, but, (laughs) um, but he, I think he was feeling so sort of heartbroken by, by the way that, you know, things had gone on the field for him. But I think also maybe like not feeling fully supported for what he had done. He also, he had the opportunity to play for Spain when he was younger, like to choose between Argentina and Spain. He he Mm -hmm. had, um nationality both of them so he could have chosen spain but he chose argentina and wow. i i it's it seems like that has has been something that has sort of haunted him throughout his careers his inability to to win in argentina and the sort of lack of of love that he gets there sometimes. it's like the the extra bit to his story is that he is the greatest player from his area from his home and they can't fully put aside their their selves to accept him and like yeah and it just keeps on like he keeps on uh not really achieving the status that he probably deserves there because of all of this and and because of the the unfortunate losses and stuff yeah that's interesting but on that night on that night at soldier field he was he was our hero. All he really was. 53,000 like, <laughs> people that were there walking out of Soldier Field, walking to the Roosevelt stop. You know, you you walk in those tunnels mm-hmm. um, like under Lakeshore. And in those tunnels, people were just chanting, Messi, Messi. <laughs> this was after the game. And everybody was just so hyped about what they just saw that like uh, they had to keep the experience going even as they were walking to the train. That is giving me chills. This is... I will say this, just talking about this is the first time that I'm genuinely missing like live events like mm. this. Like I, I just think there's nothing that compares. I mean, live theater is stunning and incredible and we love it and we're obsessed with it. And that energy is different than the one you get from like a live sporting event. Like, it's so much fun. And when one really registers or like when you really witness a moment, like I bet you were just like, I bet your body just felt like it was levitating the whole time. It was incredible. (laughs) It was, it was absolutely incredible. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy that I got to be part of that. It's something I'll tell my kids about for sure. That's amazing. I'm so happy and thrilled that you shared this with me and with everybody because that is this is something so different and 
I'm so excited for people to maybe if it's not their deal, like truly, like I think you should YouTube some clips of him and see the incredible skill this guy has. Because the one thing you cannot deny is that you you got to respect him. <laughs> like you got to give it to a gal. Like, and look, if if your if your numbers are really low because nobody's interested in this. <laughs> I'll come back and talk about some movie or something, and then no. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> I refuse. No, I mean seriously. This is this is great. This is because I like movies it. too. Okay. <laughs> I know. I did, I did have somebody recently send me another like sports thing, and mm. they were like, well, "I don't know if you're like." Your audience will take that, and it's like, listen, I'm still talking, so they're gonna listen. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> um, my listeners come where I go. Okay, they follow me. Uh, they know where their butter is. <laughs> <laughs> where their butter's churned. <laughs> I guess I didn't know how to finish that. I was <laughs> I was trying to say their bread is buttered or like whatever. <laughs> And then I, I, I mean, naturally, instinctively, I just went to butter first. Because <laughs> I'd rather like, have the butter than the bread, yeah. anyways. It's, the bread is just a buttery, a butter delivery device, a but a buttery delivery devicey. This I is podcasting, it. baby. You just the words just start flowing, and you got to let them happen. You can't stop art. No. You can't. No. <laughs> it, just, it just keeps coming. <laughs> uh, Drew, what well, we are going to add. The performance of Lionel, like, right? Lionel? Yeah. Yeah. Lionel Messi in this game of the Copa Americana. No. America. America. Center. Centenario. Centenario. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Messi in the Americana. Uh, no. <laughs> Lionel Messi in the Copa American. Americana Centennial. Just America. Lionel Messi (laughs) in the Copa America Centennial. Nope. No! Centenario. Centenario. You got this. Lionel Messi in this game that you went to (laughs) (laughs) at Soldier Field in 2016. Into our book of gags. <laughs> I'm only gonna call people that I ever meet named Lionel, which is like one every seventy years. <laughs> I'm just gonna call them Lionel. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna... Because is that Lionel? Is that like the way that it's kind of spelled, or is it different? It's like Lionel. It's L I O N E L. He's also Leo. L E O Leo Messi, like a lion. Yeah. All right. So now we're moving into a little segment that I like to call my gags of the week. Feel free to chime in if you have any opinions or thoughts. Um, my first gag of the week is my uh, the roommate of the podcast, Nick Shoda, and myself recently got really into watching old episodes of The Real World on MTV. 
The yes. real world, especially in the old seasons, yes, that was a gag. <laughs> like, yes, they are so good. Now, here's the thing: we are watching on Amazon, and you can get an extra like MTV like added on. It's called MTV Hits, and you can like subscribe to it for an extra fee, and you get access to all these MTV shows. But the oldest that they have is like the London season, the one where they went to London. And I think, well, no, I think they have the one, the San Francisco one, the one with Puck. Oh, wow. So this is early stuff. Yeah. And, but then it kind of dips down and then it comes back to like in the twenties. And I'm like, uh, I just, nothing beats for me. Like, New Orleans is a great mm, season. Julie the Mormon. Julie the. <laughs> Julie the Mormon, who like the moment she stepped in that door, just started crying because she was like, <laughs> "I'm racist," <laughs> and everybody was like, "Yeah, Julie, you are. It's okay. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna grow together." <laughs> and then you had Hot Danny from that. Hello, that was a seminal moment for me. <laughs> but like, you got New Orleans. You've got. Las Vegas, if you're real trashy. Hawaii. (laughs) Hawaii. Uh, Ruthie, the journey of Ruthie. Oh, Ruthie. (laughs) Oh, boy. I I love the real world. So my first gag is old seasons of the real world. Uh, My second gag, and more seriously, uh, have you watched I May Destroy You at all? No, no. So it ended this week, and the finale is so good. The whole show was incredible. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir with some of the folks who listen to this that it's, I mean, it is, it is one of the definitive, like, kind of art moments of the year in such a sad year, (laughs) in such a depressing year where we're not getting uh, the art that we're used to created. And here's this shining show that really explores the depth and the nuance of sexual relationships and uh, sexual abuse. And it's like so beautifully done and so wild and exciting and like, like funny and heartbreaking. It's like all of the above. It's so good. I highly, highly recommend watching it. Michaela great. I may destroy you. It's an absolute gag. I mean, that is like, ooh, I've been talking about it for months now. I'm just like, have you watched I May Destroy You? (laughs) (laughs) I also, like, at the beginning when it started, I was calling it May I Destroy You? May I please destroy you? (laughs) (laughs) Which I like to imagine is like a a very polite, like, robot. (laughs) Like, like, may I destroy you? I have I have a, a gag of the week. Please, please. Um, it's so I'm sure someday this will be a you simply must task, but it's it requires me to be in person with Landry, and uh, that may be a few more years now. Um, <laughs> it is a board game ish called Clask. Um, oh, it's, it's a Danish game that's it's a little like air hockey in a way. Um, it's oh, just this little. Hockey. It's this wonderful little wooden uh table i mean i guess Mm -hmm. uh, clearly i'm obsessed with these types of games because it's a little like soccer in some ways but um you have like a little piece that is your player that sits on top of the board and then you have a magnet underneath the board that can that moves it around 
Oh. And there is a ball that you're trying to get into a little, like almost like a golf style kind of hole on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Um, the twists are because you can <laughs> you can get a point if you get the ball in the other hole, mm-hmm. or you can score a point if your opponent um gets their piece like if it slides into the hole that's that's called a clask and that is bad so that forces you to be careful when you're around your, your goal ah. you can you can gain a point if your opponent s- sort of loses control of their piece and is unable to retrieve it using the magnet so you have to be kind of gentle with the piece and you can't like sort of wildly fling it around and there's like a little board underneath um the like at, at center field essentially so you can't like go past that right cross over yeah or there are three tiny little magnets that start out on the <laughs> middle of the field and you can kind of like uh almost like crossfire you remember crossfire oh do i yes <laughs> um you can kind of knock those around with the ball and oh. if two of those stick to your opponent's piece that is also uh, a point for you. So there's a lot of finesse to this game. <laughs> there is. Um, it's one... not like air hockey where you're just sort of wildly slapping things. Yeah, I was about to say, like, at one moment I'm like, oh, air hockey. And then the next I'm like, oh, operation. Yes, I'm yes. Like, oh, mousetrap. Yes. Like, I'm like, this is yeah. wild. Okay, Clask. And Clask. Can, it's fantastic. Can you get it? Like, I'm sure you could get it on, like, Amazon or, like... Yeah, I got mine from... Uh, the dice dojo in, in Edgewater shop um, local. Very yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's great. And, and Jacqueline like doesn't love playing tabletop games with me, but this is one that she's like <laughs> really gotten into. I think it's because she's good at this one and normally she's quite bad. Um, <laughs> she, she struggles not being good at things. I am um, so surprised. I have not seen her just pop up behind you and like <laughs> just be like, you just see hands wrap around my throat. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, classic. Check it oh, out. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that recommendation. Yeah. To close this out, Drew, plug. You simply must tell me about it. Plug. Tell our listeners about it. Yeah, you simply must has been going for over four years now. I know, um, which is unbelievable. Yeah. We release most weeks. Look, we've been doing it a long time, and like, <laughs> no one's paying us to do it, so sometimes it doesn't happen. Okay, um, but like I was saying earlier, we Landry and I. Landry's much funnier than I am, and we alternate weeks. Not that uh, much. <laughs> I, yeah, by, by a little. Uh, it I'm made, it's mainly the voice. Let's yeah, not. yeah. <laughs> but we alternate weeks, forcing the other to to do something that we love. It's a little harder when we're having to do it long distance. But you know, right. it's TV shows or movies or YouTube videos, but also food and experiences. We went to a Chicago Fire soccer match together one yes, time. We've yes. gone to like do like architectural tours and. Uh, you know, th- there's been all kinds of uh, fun stuff. Maybe once every 75 episodes, I get way too drunk before the <laughs> recording starts and it's a total nightmare. Um, there, but yeah. <laughs> there are some wild episodes <laughs> in the back catalog that I highly recommend. Oh, man. Please I, check out Tommy's episodes, yes. too. I mean, you've been on, tw- you said twice, twice. right? Yes. Twice. So, yeah, the first time I brought the match of Bailey versus Sasha Banks at 
NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. So good. So good. A match that truly changed the way that women's wrestling is looked at in in the professional world. And so that was exciting. And then Jacqueline invited me to be with her uh, to talk about the dinner party from hell from the Real Housewives (laughs) of Beverly Hills. It is an iconic episode. That is... That episode is also a gag of mine. Like it's on my list. <laughs> so yeah, check check those out. Also follow me on Twitter, please. I'm at mm-hmm. at this Drew Johnson. Yes, and uh, you simply must has a Twitter as well, or yeah, yeah. Uh, at you simply must. Um, and you know we're on all the social media, but I, I don't really mess with it most of the time anymore. <laughs> the reason I or Landry's Play Place. <laughs> yes, yes, that's on Instagram. Yes, Landry's Play Place. The reason I wanted to do that and make you plug everything is just because that's one of my favorite running bits of you simply must is when you're like Landry tells the people where they can follow us at and Landry's like, um, (laughs) (laughs) she does, she doesn't know where any of it is. She doesn't know the names of any of the accounts. She's a doll. She, uh, spoiler alert. We're we're working out when she could come on. So I yes. will have I will have uh almost a hat trick of <laughs> you simply, <laughs> I guess a hat trick because it's two hosts. And I got Maybe you, you got the uh, a former co-host Eric Wagner. Maybe that's oh, that's no. the hat trick. I should ask Eric. Oh, he's a delight. Um, but yeah, me and Landry in the soccer world, that would be called a brace getting two goals in a game so there you well, go well brace yourselves because she's coming <laughs> girls because here comes hurricane landry <laughs> drew thank you so much for joining me at this wonderful gag i i have enjoyed this immensely yeah thank thanks so much thanks, thanks for having me on tommy i i've enjoyed the first handful of episodes and i'm happy to be the godfather of an absolute <laughs> gag yes oh thank you everyone for listening and hey keep on gagging <laughs> An Absolute Gag is produced and edited by me. Cover art provided by Grace Greenwood at 1310 Studios. Follow her on Instagram at 1310 underscore studios or visit their website at www.1310studios.com. Music provided by Vivera. Find them on Spotify and iTunes. Rate and subscribe to the podcast on all podcatcher apps, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at an Absolute Gag Pod. Thanks for listening. Now pump it, queens.